Hello and welcome to this week's Golf Alternative Podcast, the only podcast out there that mixes the best in alternative music and, of course, the best in PGA Tour golf betting tips. So we had a week off last week, um, a hiatus for the Zurich pairs. Uh, so I think we got a couple of weeks of stuff to talk about and uh, we get a little bit closer each week. Uh, we had um, Matt Kuchar was our pick uh, the week before at the Heritage uh, and he came in third. So um, close, but no cigar. Obviously, that was a win for Jordan Spieth. Seems like a lifetime ago now, but uh, Jordan Spieth managed to go from uh, missing an 18-inch putt on uh, the Saturday night on the 18th to uh, um, closing it all out on the Sunday. So that was a fantastic win for Spieth. And as I say, we uh, managed third that week with Kucha. Uh, so there was no pod last week, but I did put one selection up uh, in the Zurich for the pairs event, which was Burns and Horschel, and they came second. So, uh, as I say, cl close but no cigar. Hopefully, we third the week before, second last week. Um, hopefully, we will get the winner this week. Anyway, my name's Martin Matthews, and you can find me at Sundog Monkey on Twitter, as you know. I'm your host for the Golf Alternative podcast, and I'm delighted to say I have a fantastic guest on, as always, this week, and it's a welcome back to uh, Jamie Worsley from Betting Odds. Um, Jamie, great to have you back on. How, how are you keeping? Hi, Martin. How are you? I'm fine. Good, good, good. Um, have you um, recovered from the excitement of the Zurich pairs? Is that is that an event that uh, um, floats your boat, as it were, or is it one that uh, sort of passes you by a little bit? Uh, you know, before the start of last week, I thought I quite like this bit of a change of pace, but... I kind of realise that it's an event that you enjoy more when you've got someone in contention. You know? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I was particularly yeah. interested in it uh, come the weekend when everybody kind of, you know, was middle of the pack. And there was a, br a brief moment when I had a Max Homer and Taylor Group threaten, threaten the places a bit on Sunday, but they fell back. And after that, it's kind of one of those. I've been I mean, looking at Shoffley and uh, Cantley, it was a very obvious yeah. one, wasn't it, in the end? Yeah. Probably the two best all round players in terms of a team in the entire field, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, they're obviously um, Hovland and Morikawa didn't. Uh, uh, I mean, it was the f first time, obviously, they'd paired up together, or certainly in this this mm. event, or anything that I'm an, uh, aware of. And uh, I guess they didn't quite gel. But um, yeah, I obviously, their, uh, their weaknesses are each other's weaknesses, aren't they? And the strengths are. Yeah. Where I think um, Cantley and Shoffler are quite good all rounders, aren't they? So there's yeah, I mean, sort of. Obviously, it's been this event's been on the schedule a few years now, and uh, I, I know when. Um, it sort of first came on that there was sort of talk of, well, you know, is a player who's, say, a bomber better off playing with someone who's um, shorter off the tee because they sort of can, you know, each do, you, you know, you know one bomber who spanks it out there and then someone who's a really sort of neat and tidy putter and pitcher and what have you. Or yeah. are you better having two players who have very similar characteristics because otherwise um, the bomber might find himself playing longer second shots in as normal on the holes where the shorter hitters, you know, teeing off and, and so on. So, so um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's just if players gel together and obviously a lot of the, as we saw with Higo and um, Grace and obviously last year with uh, Leishman and Cam Smith winning, um, you, you know, a lot of the sort of um, uh, best partnerships are sort of players who are, um, 
come from the same countries, obviously. And yeah. Um, yeah, so, so like you say, it's, it's certainly an event that he's more interested in if um, you've got someone running for you. From my own point of view, uh, um, I, although I sort of took a week off, I put one bet up on on Twitter, which was Burns and Horschel, who I just couldn't see coming out. I just, I mean, it's easy to say now, but I just couldn't see him coming outside of the frame. I mean, Horschel just loves obviously um, that that track. He's one yeah. of the solo and dual basis, and he's been banging form. Um, they were fourth last year, and that was before Burns had won an event, and he's won three times since. And obviously, he's got Louisiana Link, so they just looked so obvious to me at twelve to one. I just thought it was an each way bet to nothing. So, um, so they didn't quite get the win, but they obviously uh, paid me a profit. So, um, so it sounds like from what you're saying, it wasn't wasn't your week in that event. And I know you had a fantastic week the week before, didn't you, across the various tours? But did you did you have any joy anywhere this week or? Um, no, I mean on the on the DP World Tour in Spain. I mean, I woke up on Sunday morning when they were still completing round three, and David Law, who I put up at hundred to one, was in third, two off the lead, and he mm. finished outside the top fifty. So <laughs> it was that kind of week. <laughs> that that kind of week. We've all we've all had them, and I'm sure we'll all have them again. So uh, uh, yes, um, uh, as I say. Uh, uh, from my point of view, I was delighted to uh, at least make a little bit of a profit on my one bet and have a little bit of an interest when I was watching it last night. I'll, I'll already admit I didn't uh, sit glued to it through through the week. And uh, and can't they? I mean, Xander uh, will be back at... Um, I mean, of course, he might well win as the year goes on on a solo basis, but uh, he'll be back in Hawaii next year without a win, uh, a yeah, bona fide win. And he uh, obviously got him through the Olympics and the previous year he got him through the top 30 in the FedEx Cup. And uh, um, unless he posts a Win to the remainder of the season. We'll be back on a, on a pairs winner this uh, this time around. But um, hopefully that'll uh, obviously be the uh, the boost he needs to go and get that long overdue fifth fifth win. And um, obviously uh, good for Cantlay to uh, to bounce back after the playoff defeat to uh, the aforementioned Jordan Spieth last week. Uh, so um, yeah, so yeah, so. So obviously back to back to the norm this week, and we'll come on to Mexico in a minute um, and the fun and games of that one. But um, before that, I'm going to put my first uh, music selection on the pod. As those of you who are regular listeners will know, that um, uh, obviously um, we dovetail a very, uh, very good musical playlist each week that you can listen to on Spotify. Uh, I'll share the link out afterwards. Um, and um, with the California duo getting the job done of um, uh, Shoffley and um, Cantlay, uh, obviously they were in Dreamland, so it has to be California Dreaming for me by the Mamas and Papas is uh, uh, my first uh, musical pick for this week. Um, a classic uh, from the 60s, obviously, and uh, just a feel-good a feel summer song. Um, so for the two California guys, it's uh, California Dreaming is my first uh, musical pick this week um, for the playlist. Nice one. So... On to Mexico, and it is um, the Mexico Open, uh, an event which has uh, been a fixture on on sort of various tours, and most recently the Latino um, America tour uh, since I think back in the forties on and off. Um, but um, the Mexico Open now has a bona fide spot on the PGA Tour, uh, I guess, although not on the calendar. It's sort of replaced um, the WGC event in Mexico, so that Mexico keeps um, uh, to. Um, Two events uh, on the PGA Tour, and um, 
it uh, it's a venture into the unknown. Of course, uh, we're uh, heading to a brand new course. Uh, it's a par seventy one. It's a Greg Norman design. Uh, interesting um, with uh, everything that's going on at the moment, of course. But um, it's a Greg Norman design, so that immediately, I guess, gets us thinking of um, uh, Mayakoba, also in El Camellon, host of the Mayakoba, uh, also in Mexico, also a Greg Norman design, although completely different type of course, lengthwise a lot shorter. Uh, TPC San Antonio, the other regular Greg Norman course used on tour we were at recently for the Valero Texas Open. Um, what do we know about the course? Well, as I say, it's um, 7,456 yards long, past 71. Uh, although it's pretty much on the coast, um, it's not what we would call a links course. Although, um, judging by an interview that I did here with the um, tournament director wind will be in play and is the course's main defense um it has one drivable par four on it the seventh hole i believe uh to go along with its three par fives uh, we have paspalum greens which are found uh of course at um the corrales punta cana the myco we've talked about and the puerto rico event so they're obvious events to cross reference with players who perform well on those um, those courses on the Paspalum. And by all accounts, it's a course with um, wide fairways, little rough, uh, and where the length of the tee could potentially be an advantage. Although, I mean, if we look at somewhere like Puerto Rico, which is a pretty long course and uh, plenty of shorter hitters have um, fared well there over the years. So wouldn't necessarily take it as gospel that length off the tee is going to be an advantage, but obviously we've got to go with the information we've got, and that seems to be the word coming out from the course. So um, no altitude in play as well. We're at sea yeah. level, obviously, so forget about your WGC Mexico where altitude was in play. So um, what have been, I'm pretty sure we're going to the unknown, Jamie, but what are your initial thoughts on the course and um, how, how do you see it? playing sorry to ask you that question because no, the challenge what do you expect from it i mean it's, it's hard to know isn't it i think you've pretty much covered everything though it, it looks to me like a, a bit of a bomber's paradise you know wide fairways little rough if you do miss the fairways big greens you know big hitting ball striking types the ones i'd expect to go well this week but you, you never know i mean we have some of these events where you have people in the know people in the, the north who will say the rough's going to be up, or it's going to play like this. Going to play, it's going to play firm and fast, and then the tournament, you know, tournament day arrives, and it's not always as people say it's going to be. So, but it it, it feels a week to try to play it simple for me. It's not not a week to try and find a unique edge somewhere. You know, we don't know enough about the course, so. so. Yeah, I mean, I get get where you're coming from. To totally, um, I. It's like I think we're all latching onto the same information where yeah. uh, we're sort of, as I say, picking up on the fact that it's going to be a, a wide open fairways, bit of a resort course, um, you know, 20 under or maybe even lower winning it. Um, yeah. I, I guess, it, you know, whilst, of course, the Paspalum and the comfortability in the sort of Mexico, etc., is, is is something to... Um, factor in um i was also thinking of sort of you know your sort of uh florida courses quite a lot of water in play apparently on sort of six or seven of the holes the water's sort of very much a yeah. factor um so i was thinking you know this will obviously time with one of my picks certainly as we go through i was thinking of places like doral you know historically which wind factor sort of, as well no, yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely you got your wind factor there as, as well so um so we don't know it's a venture into the unknown um and um yeah uh we will uh have to take it as we find it but we can all only uh go on um what what we sort of uh what we pick up and we're all reading the same uh 
course reviews and previews and what have you. So it, on the face of it, it looks like, as I say, a bit of a um, uh, you know a bit of a grip it and rip it and um, uh, see what you can do on your second shot and hold some, hold some putts basically. So, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I believe. Um, uh, your first musical pick uh, this this week, Jamie, is um, uh, very much um, uh, you know sort of uh, in line with the certain uh, Mr. Norman, who's the course designer. So, what, what have you got for us? Well, yeah, it's the second event in a what in space for month, isn't it? We're playing another Greg Greg Norman design with everything what's going on the minute between himself and the PJ Tour. I've chosen Green Days, Know Your Enemy. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, uh, I think uh, what's the what's the phrase? Um, keep your friends close yeah. and your enemies even closer. So, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think um, uh, it's uh, probably, um, I don't know, well, I mean, when they, um, I guess when they went into uh, the uh, contract for this yeah. course to be used. It, I can't um, see the contracts being renewed. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I didn't actually know if you saw, I didn't see how many years they've actually contracted into this. Uh, three years, uh, isn't it? Th three think, years, is it? Right, okay, so. so. Um, so yeah, as you said, I might be moving somewhere else in uh, a couple of weeks' time. So, uh, um, but uh, we we shall see. So yeah, a, a very apt pick. Um, know your enemy by Green Day. So, um, looking at the field and the betting market, uh, we've got um, John Rahm is is completely dominating the market, and of course. We could quite easily see John Rahm hack up and get back in the winner's enclosure this week. I mean, I remember not so much on the PGA Tour, but there's been events he's um, pitched up at in um, Europe, uh, you know, in Spain, I think, uh, a couple of years back when he was an incredibly short price favourite and, you know, he's gone and gone and delivered. And uh, um, But uh, I can't be bringing... I mean, he's, he's five to one or shorter now that um, Daniel Berger uh, has withdrawn. He withdrew a couple of hours or so ago. So, uh, and he was yeah. second favourite. Um, so, so that's uh, thrown things a bit. So, uh, I mean, did John Rahm tempt you at all at five to one, Jamie? He didn't tempt me at five to one, but I mean, obviously anticipated it'd be a really short price. But what it, for someone who doesn't bet on people at that short price, usually, I, I, I was looking at him this morning. I thought if it was anything around maybe, I mean, it was unlikely, but I thought it was around seven to one, maybe. I might have, I might have bit because I really think this looks like a fantastic opportunity for him to kickstart his year, doesn't it? It's been a bit yeah. of an underwhelming start to the year for him. I mean, he's hitting the ball fantastic, hitting it as well as anybody, mm -hmm. isn't it? It's just a short game. And I think with those short game difficulties he's having, um, five to one was short enough to, you know, keep me away. Oh, oh yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I suppose a bit like um, I said uh, uh, about my Horschel and Burns uh, uh, pick last week, you could argue that um, if you got uh, fifth of the odds first eight at five to one, that uh, uh, he, he's a sort of each way bet to guarantee your return you know get your money back sort of thing because yeah. uh uh he's, he's more than likely going to finish in the, in the top eight of course but uh you, you know in this kind of event I, it wasn't for me at five to one and uh uh we're going into the unknown and you know there's always going to be one uh one player who could quite possibly uh pop up and uh beat him of course so um so with burgers withdrawal we've got abraham answer uh second favorite at um well you can get get 20s on him um i don't know i've never actually uh and i must admit because he, he wasn't for me this week, I, I didn't uh, really go in depth into him, but I've, I, I've I've never picked up on the reason that he had those sort of rather mysterious WDs um, just before Augusta and what have you. Did did you pick up on any any of that at all, Jamie? It was no, no, no. So so um, um, I'm sure he's good to go this week, and obviously he's he's a big home favourite, so um, I'm sure he'll go well. But uh, he, he wasn't for me at me at the odds. Um, no, and then we got yeah. you know we got Gary Woodland that. Uh, 
25s, um, uh, Tony Finau at 25s could could well be a Finau sort of course. This and um, Kevin Nar, Aaron Wise are the only other players under um, under under 30 to, to one. So um, yeah, um, he's um, um, or I should say, uh, none, none of those are really really for me. But I believe um, a couple of them are for you, and uh, uh, we'll come on to that that in a minute. But um, yeah, so I can see why Rahm's the price he is, but um, he, he certainly wasn't for me at five to one. So um, yeah, so um, let's get into the picks. Then we haven't got any course history to talk about, of course. So uh, we'll uh, uh, we'll <coughs> run straight into the picks, and um, I'm going to let you lead us off, Jamie, because um, I believe you are. Be, be there sort of um dismissing your your guys which means they're probably you're probably onto a good thing there because <laughs> uh I, I believe you are going with one of those who are near the top of the market to to, to start us off yeah i'm i was looking at fancying Rome to win it. i thought i'd look at the top of the market and see what kind of players you know similar type of attributes to Rome. and i'm going with gary woodland the main pick this week i think he's been in fantastic form. I mean, he missed the cut at the masters his last start, uh, but his ball striking was still fantastic that week. It just putted terribly. Yeah. His five starts previous to that, he did three top tens, uh, fifth at the Honda, fifth at the Arnold Palmer, eighth in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, every every single part of his game seems to be in good form. Besides the putter on that last start, you know, he's 38th tee to green for the year, 40th in putting, which will get it done for most players. His approach plays stands out more than anything, though, I'd say, you know, it, Seven of nine appearances this year is gained strokes and ranks 27. <coughs> good record at the Maya Corby, finished second there in 2017, and he's got two top tens in Texas as well. Yeah. So he's got the Greg Norman uh, course links. He's, he just looks like the type this week. He's that big hitting, ball striking, you know, he's iron player's good. He's going to give himself a lot of birdie opportunities, hopefully, anyway. And if he doesn't put like he did at the Masters, I hope he'll take quite a few of them. Yeah, I, I can. I mean, having you know, having said they're not for me, any of those guys under under thirty to one, or you know, purely available at um, under under thirty to one. I have got one shortish pick in my team, which I'll come on to in a minute. But um, uh, of those guys we mentioned so far, Gary Gary Woodland um, was the one who, if I was going to go with any of them, uh, he's the one I would have gone with for the reasons that you talked about. I was actually on him at the Valero, where um, he, he got the place money for us. So, yeah. um, so you, you know, he's certainly been someone who's been on. on on my radar very much but uh there was just others I, I i liked a little bit more but i can i can see it see your logic with him certainly and um uh i've um I, i've put a song into play for you around gary woodland in honor of him even though i'm not backing him uh i'm uh, my first musical well not my first musical fit my first uh musical pick around one of the players this week is um going to be a bit of a classic from the stereophonics and uh seeing as we're in a woodland there's got to be a thousands of trees there so it's a thousand trees by uh the stereophonics it's an absolute belter from uh i think it's the 1997 album word gets around it's one of their uh uh earlier tracks anyway and um yeah it's um one of their best tracks in my opinion so uh it's uh, a thousand trees in honor of uh the woodland and uh gary woodland uh by the stereophonics um, your next pick, uh, Jamie, is a guy that um, I very, very nearly went with, and uh, I just balked to the last minute in favour of someone else. So uh, he's the guy I'll be hiding behind the sofa on if he uh, uh, gets the job done on, sun- on Sunday night, and I'll be shaking my head about. But um, uh, I believe, um, yeah, you're, you're uh, going for a clever pick or a wise pick for our second, your second <laughs> selection. Well, yeah, from what you say, I think people will be able to tell it's Aaron Wise. Uh... Yeah. 
it was 40 to one, I think, at the start of the day. And, you know, that, that was obviously a very appealing price. And he drifted to 35s and then 33s. And I, I actually backed him at 33s. But are you, are you saying he's um, is he under, under 30 to one all over the place? Uh, no, he's not under 30 to one all over the place now. Oh. Sorry, you, you can still get, um, I'm just looking at the odds now, uh, the only sort of, um, shall we say, bigger place terms at 33s is uh, William Hills. has still got him up at 33s for right. eight places if you can get a bet on with William Hills. Uh, otherwise, there's 33s with bet 365 for five places um, and six places with bet Victor. Uh, otherwise, it's sort of, um, um, yes, uh, uh, sort of 28 for eight places, uh, et cetera, 20, or 20, 25 for 10 places if you're so inclined with ball sports. But mm. um, um, yeah, so admit, if he was under 31 all over the place, it'd have been, been a more difficult bet, I think. I mean, I know it's only a few points in it, but uh, dipping beneath that kind of threshold would have made me think a bit more. But you know, he's he, he didn't start the year too well, but in his last few starts, he's he's started to find some form. Twenty first at Arbutain uh, last time out, and it's his, usually we associate him being an excellent ball striker, don't we? And th yeah. that's been the reason for his improvement in form over the recent weeks. You know, he was second off the tee and nineteenth at the Arnold Palmer. He was thirty third off the tee and sixth in approach at the Players. He was ninth off the tee at the RBC. Uh, even though he, 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 his approach play wasn't up to scratch that week, but he still drove it well. And even in his miscut at the Valspar, he, he, he struck it well. Mm -hmm. um, 24th off the tee and 54th in approach for the season. Uh, extra appealing is his record at the Mayakoba, where he's finished 10th, 2nd and 15th in his uh, three most recent starts. And added yeah. to that, in all of those, he's shown an ability to put the passable and putting services, um, ranking third, sixth, but I'm first in putting in those um, finishes as well. Yeah, I mean, it was everything you said there is what um, uh, what had him very much on my radar. I mean, he's, he's someone, I mean, going back to last year now, who was in my six to follow for 2021, because uh, I thought he, he may well get his second win last year. He's, he's a player I, I, I like. Um, yeah. And um, I, I just... Uh, you know, I guess you have to be careful in an event like this. You have to be careful about managing your expectations about the sort of odds um, you're happy to take for a player. You have to sort of, uh, I guess, I don't know if you find this, but you have to sort of, um, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Yeah, manage your expectations, are, uh, you know, based on the field strength, of course. So, whereas yeah, we might have been very getting... weak field. I mean, yeah, it, it's not uh, take out Ram and, you know, Patrick Reed and Fino and, well, the, the two are back to the top end. It's it's an alternate field event, isn't it? You know, it's a, yeah. the, the middle of the, the the middle of the betting's so weak. So yeah, he, and, and and you, you know why is it thirty three to one? I mean, but it's the it's the putting that puts me off, obviously. And yeah. uh, 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 but as you say, he does perform better on the pass ballum, and and obviously the record at the Mayakoba is is all there there to see and and i'm expecting he will get a win at some some point you know he's going to obviously win again because he's too good a player not to and then uh, to say i very much thought it might come last year it didn't come last year and i wouldn't be at all surprised if it comes this year could come this week but i'm not going to be polite i'm not going to be losing sleep if i miss him at 33 to 1 uh to, to win so um so i was happy to pass him by in the end but he was last man off the list as it were so uh the other thing i quite liked about him was that uh again bearing in mind on, on the sort of kind of thing we're hearing about this course sort of wide open course etc was that his win came in that um on, on that sort of wide open core crenshaw uh yeah. design that was was used down in texas um so so you know on the face of it a, a loosely comparable course so um 
you know, again, um, that was something else that I thought uh, maybe, um, you know, might uh, fit in this week. So I can see why, you, why you've gone with him. Uh, and um, as I say, I, I just um, balked at the last minute on the, on the price. So we'll uh, see if I uh, pay for that come uh, Sunday evening. But um yeah, but my, my first pick, having said I'm not uh, looking at anyone or certainly wasn't looking at any ones we mentioned so far under 30 to 1, my, my first pick is actually just under 30 to 1. Um, if you're looking for the uh, uh, eight places, um, 28 to 1. And I'm going to risk Patrick Reed. Um, and I guess what, what it really comes down to, I guess, this week is, um, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but for me is, is are you looking at the kind of player that you think will go well on this type of course, or are you looking at just someone who's in really good form? Uh, and um, you pay your money and take your choice, don't you? So obviously you've gone down the woodland route, although of course he could well perform on this course also. But um, Patrick Reed uh, certainly hasn't um, been at the races so far this year, really. Uh, but um, this just screams Patrick Reed. Uh, track to me. Uh, I, I don't know what you think, Jamie, but um, he, he's always there on sort of, um, you know, Kapalua. He plays well. Uh, he, he loves the um, uh, Bahamas course, uh, Albany, that um, they play the hero at the end of the year on. Uh, he's one that um, Doral, you know, he, he loves those sort of wide open courses, bit of room off the tee. Um, yeah. And where his short game can come into play. So, uh, so there was enough for me in his. Um, better showing at Sawgrass uh, and then solid but unspectacular efforts at uh, efforts at the Masters uh, that uh, just made me think um, he was he was worth chancing. Uh, I, I did hear on, on the piece, uh, the excellent interview that um, I think it was Matt Vincenzi did with um, the... Um, uh, the the, uh, the tournament director uh, was uh, giving sort of Reed quite a big uh, uh, big big boost up as it were, and, and he was saying, and I think this was recorded last um, Friday or something like that. Uh, he was saying that Reed was there already, uh, so mm -hmm. you know if he's been having a bit of a vacation in in Mexico and sort of getting to, to grips with the course a bit, so. Uh, um and we've seen him before win after missed cuts and that kind of thing so so he can find find his game sort of on, on the right sort of track so so i just thought again coming back to what what you expect odds wise 28 to 1 we've got someone who's obviously a serial winner a major yeah. winner uh and um you know i would um uh rather give him the nod than you know goes without saying cameron trigali at 33 to 1 or even Chris Kirk, who's not won for a few years at similar prices, um, or, you know, Munoz, who's won once, uh, etc. Well, like, so. Outside of Rome, he's one of the class players in the field, isn't he? You know, in terms yeah. of winning, winning ability, the ability to win, I mean, looking at someone like me, I'm back, I'm back wise, because I think his, you know, his style of player suits the course, but who would I be more confident about if one of them, if, if him and Reader are in with a chance on Sunday, I'd be more confident Reader get it done. He's that type of player, isn't it? But yeah, I always, I always yeah. get wrong. I mean, I looked at him this week because he's been improving, hasn't he? Over even though he's not been playing well this year, he has been improving over recent starts. You know, he started, you know, driving it a bit better occasionally, mm. anyway. And obviously at the Masters, the big wide open fairways suited suited him. Um, but I just get him wrong all the time, so I left him alone. Yeah, no, and as I say, it was just a horses for courses thing for me. I mean, um, and you know, it's it's a, of course you know outside of Ram, it's it's a pretty weak field, and uh, um, you know, I just uh, 
thought um, he, he was worth chancing to to come good on something that I really think should be um, should be right up his alley. So uh, that's uh, my first uh, first pick for the week, uh, and I'm going to put a song on for Patrick. Uh, and um, if you've never heard of this band, Jamie, go and listen. If there's one one album you should go and listen to over the next uh, uh, ne- ne- next week or so, I'm going to recommend an album called Heartworm by a band called Whipping Boy, uh, who are an Irish band, um, a, a guitar band around in the 90s. And Heartworm um, is an absolutely uh, fantastic album that's sort of become a bit of a cult classic, if you like, and it got a bit of a, it got a, bit of a re-release and repackaged last year. Uh, and there's a song on it that um, made me think of Patrick Reed. The song's called We Don't Need Nobody Else. Uh, and Reed, of course, <laughs> has very much built his sort of... Um, uh, his walls up and his, his sort of um, persona about it's uh, him, Justine and uh, Kessler and uh, uh, and they're the team and they don't need anyone else and um, they'll do their thing and march their own drum. So, uh, and you know, fair play to him. He's, he's never, you know, bothered about what anyone else thinks. He gets on with it and, um, uh, and he posts his wins and he's a world-class player. So I'm, I'm hoping that they don't need anybody else this week. Uh, uh, and it's all down to Patrick and... Um, he delivers the goods. So my uh, uh, next song is We Don't Need Nobody Else by a Whipping Boy from their fantastic 1995 album Heartworm. So, um, yeah. Um, and don't forget, you can listen, of course, to the playlist on Spotify afterwards. I'll be posting it out. So we move on. And um, my next pick, I'm going to roll straight into my next pick. Uh, I'm going with a player who, having having me talked about uh, the guy I've left out, I believe my next pick is someone you've just left out, <laughs> which yep. is um, Cameron Champ is my next selection. And um, putting my cards completely on the table, uh, my sort of call was to whether to side with Champ over Wise and, and Champ, Champ got the nod and... and um, I bought initially at Champ's price, and that was what was slightly putting me off. But then, as I say, it comes back to managing expectations. And uh, ultimately, we've got a guy here who's won three times uh, on tour, which is certainly more than uh, a large chunk of uh, uh, those in and around him in the betting can can, can boast. Uh, and um, when he's on, he's on. Uh, and I remember him saying um, when he won the 3M last uh, late last summer that... He just knew he was going to win. He was in the zone and he never doubted that he was going to close the event out. And uh, I was actually on him that week. So I was delighted he closed it out. It was one of our highlights of last season. We were on him at 125 to 1, which goes to show, obviously, you know, taking 45 to 1 this week for eight places is uh, uh, a little bit of a, a, you know, a culture shock compared to the prices we were getting on him last year. But um, maybe the layers have learned a lesson. Obviously, the field's weak. But what we see with Cam Champ is he goes AWOL, plays like a drain, to put it bluntly, misses cuts, um, struggles, and then something clicks. And um, he telegraphed it last year by finishing 11th at the John Deere uh, before going on to win in his next start, the 3M, having been horribly out of form prior to that 11th at the John Deere. Uh, in his two previous wins, he'd played solidly. I mean, they were right at the beginning of the season, but he'd had one outing the week um, prior in each um, occasion. And uh, he'd played um, solidly on both occasions, sort of 25th or something like that. So so when he starts to click, he's a man to have on side. And of course, um, he clicked last time out at Augusta. Uh, finished 10th and um, I mean it's been pretty horrible for him prior to that but he finished 10th in Augusta uh, he gained strokes uh, or shots in all areas um, other than um, 
around the green. Uh, and of course, if we're looking for a bomber, uh, for a bit of a bomber's paradise this week, uh, then you're not going to get a bigger bomber than Cam Champ, who uh, leads the tour in driving distance. So if that does transpire to be the case, that's a, a huge asset this week. And, and again, coming back to what you were saying, Jamie, about um, who do you trust on the Sunday? Well, if Cam Champ's in the hunts coming down the back nine on Sunday, he's a man you you trust really, don't you? He's um, yeah, absolutely. He's, he's a proven closer. So uh, um, I'm guessing they were the similar lines that made you made you sort of consider him. And yeah, what, what, I mean, what, I was that close to backing him. I, I rotate a, I rotate a piece from everything in the preview. You know, I was that close <laughs> to backing him, but his price just deteriorated more and more, and I kind of had a bit of a huff and crossed him out and stuck someone else in. You know, because yeah. oh, the price was just moving all day. I was like, no, he can go. You know, but. Won't surprise me if he won this week, you know, to be in such bad form and then turn up at, you know, an event like the Masters for your first good performance in, well, of the season, effectively. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like you say, his form, it, when, when he's won particularly the last two events, he's won on the PGA Tour. He's, he's been awful runs of form and then he's produced like a decent performance, similar to yeah. like what he did at the Masters last week and then next week he goes and wins. So if he can't yeah. go in that vein of form, then he's, he's a certainty, isn't he? Yeah, and I, I mean, there was a bit of a story behind, um, it was my my most satisfying win of last year, without a doubt, in that um, uh, I had so nearly backed him when he won his second title, which, um, if I'm going to get it right, uh, the first one was the Sandersons, the second one was um, uh, the California event, the Fortinet, was it, yeah, yeah. Uh, the second one, yeah, uh, whatever they were calling it back then, uh, and I'd so nearly backed him that week uh, for exactly the same reasons that we're talking about why well, I backed him last time and backed him this time, that he'd shown that spark in the outing before. Uh, but I left him out and he went and won and he was a stupid price that, you know, 200 to one or something that week when, yeah. he, when he won. So I was absolutely gutted. And I thought the next time Cam Champ shows that spark, um, I'm not going to avoid backing him. And um, obviously it came uh, at the 3M. <laughs> so I was actually, you know, there was no way I wasn't going to back him that week when uh, uh, when he'd shown the uh, the spark the week before or the start before at the John Deere. Uh, and it paid off in spades. So he owes me nothing, of course. And um, uh, I just felt that, um, again, the sign was there. The odds are much shorter, but, you know, we have to take into consideration the field and uh, uh, I guess players learning their lesson from what he did before and uh, uh, et cetera. So, um, and people obviously jumping on him for all those reasons during the course of today as well. So um, I, I wasn't going to um, turn him down this week. So uh, so that's my second selection, Cam Champ. Uh, you can get 45 to 1 um, for eight places um, up there with uh, Betfred, Bet Fred, or at least it was the last time I checked anyway. So um, actually, it's gone now. 40, I put him up at 45 to 1. Uh, he's now into 40 to 1 for the eight places with Betfred. So um, you can still get 55 to 1 for five places as um, as I speak, or 45 to 1 for seven places with Skybet running in seven places this week. So um Back over to you, Jamie. And uh, who who are you with on your uh, third your your third, is it your third selection? Or are you with on your third selection? Yeah, whenever there's um whenever there's wind in a forecast, they all he's a player that always gone the shortest, and that's Australia's Matt Jones. Uh, been a bit of an inconsistent year for him, but amongst all the inconsistency, where he's missed out, you know, missed cups in earth his events, he's, he's put up a third place finish um, at the Tour of the Champions at the start of the year. When he how low did he go there in that final round? Was it? You know, he went incredibly well in the in the final round to finish third and Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember exactly what he shot, but yeah, he was um he just it was one of those, wasn't it? He uh he he, he sort of was going incredibly low until he suddenly probably 
realised he could win. I could, post, <laughs> yeah, I could win this. Uh, and then he sort of, I forget which hole he made it, the hash of one of the last two or three holes, didn't he? And, yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, and, uh, I remember the commentator was saying that he'd said uh, uh, the night before at dinner or something uh, that uh, he thought he could post a number or something. But, uh, uh, yeah, he's been in good nick. And, um, yeah, see, so you know, wind, wind in a forecast, um, he, he's, he's certainly your sort of guy, isn't he? So, yeah, um, yeah, second last time out in Texas as well, which obviously, you know, the the Norman link again. Uh, it's it's all about the approach. But every other area of his game is firing. Though he's quite a big hitter as well. You know, he, he mm. drives it solid enough. His short game's always been good, hasn't it? Mm, yeah. It's the approach play. You know, he, in the five missed cuts, he's lost strokes with approach every time. And when he's gained with approach, he makes the court and play as well. So, you know, played well with his irons last time out in Texas. So if, if you can if you can find the iron, you know, replicate that iron play again. Hopefully, can go well this week. He's, He's got the um, not just the Norman form. He's, it, the two courses I like the most is, is links, which I think most people are talking about are the the two alternate events, the Corrales in the Puerto mm. Rico, where he's, he's got good uh, records in both of those as well. You know, he's finished fourth at Puerto Rico, uh, fifth and fourteenth at Puerto Rico. Sorry, and he's finished fourteenth and eighteenth at Corrales. Um, yeah, he's got the he's got the what I'm assuming he, is the correlating course form in the book as well. Yeah, no, it all, all makes sense, and uh, he, he's as you say. Whenever there's wind in play, he uh, uh, he's someone to uh, keep an eye on. He's won. Is he? Is he won? Um, is it? Is he? He's won the Aussie Open as well as the Aussie yeah, PGA. He's won the Aussie Open, yeah, yeah, he's won. In, I mean, Houston, the the Houston Open and the Honda Classic are both winning yeah. events usually as well. Aren't they? So. Yeah, he's a sort of um, he's a sort of player you can see popping up at a British Open, isn't he? Sort of not as yeah. saying win, winning one, but he's that type of player. Is the Honda's always had a great, uh, uh, great link to the to, to the Open Championship, so he's, he's the sort of guy you wouldn't be surprised to see pop up at sort of St Andrews or sort of somewhere like that. So, um, uh, yeah, he's um, what what prices have you have you, have you put him up on? Have you gone with eight uh, places or uh, eight places, fifties? I got him up. I mean, again, he was another one. Starts of the day was sixty sixes. I must admit, I was looking at all these prices dropping at, at one point and. You know, I was livid until I went on Twitter and realised Daniel Berger had withdrawn. I was like, oh, well, that explains everything. I was like, who the hell's backing all these players? Yeah, well, that's... Um, they still did, had Berger. Price, not, uh, yeah, yeah so I, sorry, on, on odds checker, they still had Berger amongst all the selections, so I just assumed that nobody withdrawn. This was because Betts or Bucky had realised they'd priced it up wrong or whatever, and they were re reducing all the prices of the book. And I thought, so I got, like, like you spoke about earlier, about tempering your expectations. Um, but, but I think uh, coming, coming off a second place finish, I mean, he was 15th. For five starts, well, I think at Riviera as well. You know, it's not a bad book of recent form, form mm. either for a player who's won at this level a couple of times and won decent enough events. So, yeah, yeah, as, as you say, I mean, you're looking, you know, you look at where he is in the market and um, uh, compared to some of the guys around him, and um, you, you know, you got, uh, and I'm not saying he's, he's not a not a class player, but you've got sort of Davis Riley at similar odds and uh, he, he's yet to win. And, yeah. um, you know, it's been a long time since Russell Knox posted a win and he's there at similar prices. So, so um, yeah, I, I, I can certainly see, see, see your logic. Um, absolutely. So, uh, and I've picked, um, I've picked an Aussie song for you. Uh, actually, before I, um, uh, I'm going to put you really on the spot here, Jamie. So uh, uh, before I um, introduce an Aussie song, I've picked, pick for you i was uh i was thinking last week was um was it the week to uh have the week off on the pod after all because of course you have all the walk-on music and uh, uh i was looking at uh did you did you bother looking at uh the, the list of songs that uh uh the players had had for the walk-on songs no i must admit i didn't 
there was uh, uh, there was some surprising there was some couple of people surprised you there with some good stuff. I mean, Keegan Bradley and Brendan Steele went for a bit of Rage Against the Machine, which oh. uh, uh, I'm certainly not going to argue with, and uh, uh, and G Mac and uh, Seamus Power went for Supersonic by Oasis, so uh, um, certainly not going to argue with that as well. But then um, uh, the others, what remind me of it, the Aussie guys, um, uh, Cam Smith and Mark Leishman, uh, they went for um, I must admit, I didn't know them, but they're obviously an Aussie band i don't particularly know them but they're called the um the chats or the chaps or something like that uh and um i listened to the track on online it's basically some sort of garage punk number uh, and the lead singer looks a bit like cam smith actually with the long hair and, and what have you so i was uh, oh. i wasn't quite impressed there but um the um the question for you jamie is what would your walk-on song be oh. Uh, and Jamie, for listeners, has not been prepped here on this at all. So, uh, uh, if you had to pick a walk-on song, any, any thoughts as to what you'd um, go? I'll, I'll let you think about it if you want uh, for a couple of minutes. We can come back to it, or anything spring to your mind uh, at all. I'm, 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 you know, you're, you're exposing my lack of musical knowledge here. I mean, I'm trying to think of anything by the Verve. You know, being from Wigan, trying to think of a, you know a famed local band. I don't, yeah, think, did... I don't think Bittersweet Symphony works. No. <laughs> well, urban hymns or something. I don't know. Yeah, so, uh, the, the drugs don't work or something. I, I, don't know, so. I, I suppose. I, I suppose I could, I could go for bittersweet symphony. I could, I could walk. Could walk on like he does it uh, down the street in the video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, have you heard of the Lathams, by the way? Another music. Yeah, yeah. I've heard, 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 yeah, heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've listened yeah. to them a, a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're um they're an excellent band. They're they're Wigan's next superstars, aren't they? So um uh, I really like them. And uh, I know um uh, Chris Lofthouse is one of our regular listeners to the pods. Uh, good evening, Chris. Um he's a big Lavens fan. He went to see them in Blackpool the other week. So uh yeah, um, but they're they're a superb band, so they're carrying carrying the Wigan torch. Uh but um but the song I've picked uh, for Matt Jones, um uh, being an Aussie, uh, I thought let's have some rock on there and uh, let's have a bit of ACDC, obviously, uh, uh, arguably the most famous uh, Aussie band of, of all time. Uh, and um, I thought it might be quite appropriate to uh, uh, have Highway to Hell, uh, a famous uh, ACDC track, which um, uh, I'm hoping, uh, obviously, with Matt Jones, you're not on a highway to hell this uh, uh, this week, Jamie. I'm hoping it's a, a highway to success. But um, uh, yeah, let's have a highway to hell by uh, ACDC on the pod because um, uh, it's um, yeah, it's, it's a belter, obviously, and uh, one that everyone will, everyone will know. So um, my next selection, and um, I'm uh, going with the Mexico links here. And having said that, I didn't like. Um, um, Abraham answer at the odds. Uh, I do like um, Carlos Ortiz at the odds, and uh, again, a little bit like we're talking about with the different players. He's of course been backed a bit uh, uh, through today, but um, uh, you can still uh, get sixty-six to one for six places, um, or um, uh, fifty to one for eight places, which uh, or fifty-five to one, sorry, for eight places with Bet Fred, which I think is. Um, uh, uh, more than fair, and Ortiz. I mean, it's always a bit of a poison chalice uh, back in a player uh, when they're in their sort of home state or you know home connections, basically. And uh, uh, God, I don't know which part of Mexico Ortiz comes from, but um, uh, obviously we're in Mexico this week, and his record in Mexico is is superb. So uh, yet he won there, but uh, he he just seems to come to life uh, when he plays in Mexico. Uh, I mean, it's been a tepid season for him so far this season but um he arrived at the Mayakoba last fall on the back of uh a, a miscut a 
27th or 25th and the WD in his previous start. Uh, and um, posted basically his only top 20 of the season so far when he finished second. Um, he's uh, also uh, been second uh, on another occasion at the Mayakoba. Uh, he's been eighth at the Mayakoba. Uh, he was 16th at the WGC Mexico back in 2019, which um, was obviously when he wasn't um, uh, as established on tour as he is now, uh, certainly before he had won. So, um, you know, that was a very big finish for him. So, so he doesn't seem to shrink in front of the uh, home fans. Uh, just completely opposite. So um, I just thought at fifty-five to one. Um, again, the info coming out is that he knows the track well. Yeah. Uh, so I just thought um, <clears throat> I was happy to chance him to just be inspired by playing back in front of the home fans. Uh, I mean, he's missed his last four cuts, which is of course why there's, there's a price um a price available on him as, as such and uh, uh he hasn't broken 70 in his last full start so the form's not exactly inspiring but um I i'm hoping that since the missed cut heritage he, he's maybe been home had a bit of um uh you know downtime um getting into the local vibe and um uh and just will you know do what he does when he plays in mexico basically which is seem to up his game and and you know produce a big run um uh, did he appeal to you at all, uh, uh, Jamie? Was he on? on yeah, know, I, I linked him after finding out he has that link to the course. And uh, I mean, he's one of those players that you just look at the perform and see the form his cups in the row. I mean, I'm looking at me you now on the uh, Data Golf website, and it, it doesn't quite tell the whole story, does it? Because every person's yeah. game has, has fired at some point over those starts. You know, he's, he's, he's driven it well, well, he's driven it solidly in his last couple of starts. He's had some decent approach play over recent weeks. He's putted, putted well at just not putting it all together at the same time. Mm. So there's no better time for him to do it than this week, is there? No, yeah, and and uh, as I say, I'm just uh, he just seems to get you know he just seems to get inspired in front of the home fans, doesn't yeah. he? So uh, as I say, some players would sort of shrink in that sort of home gallery environment, as it were. But uh, uh, he seems to get inspired, so I was going to take uh, take my chances with him, and um, I've got a tune for. Uh, uh carlos and uh it is the excellent fountains of wayne uh if you don't know fountains of wayne there's great sort of um um power pop punk band from america just do some really ca catchy tunes and um uh um yeah um uh, i've gone with uh, their 2003 song um mexican wine uh which uh, i'm hoping the mexican wine will be flowing uh after um uh, carlos's uh, uh big performance on sunday so it's um mexican wine by the fountains of wayne for me um is my uh, uh next musical selection and uh, a song if you listen to it it'll just stick in your head because it's one of those sort of songs and the, they have plenty of songs like that the fountains of wayne so um the next pick having um we we've both uh been sort of um you know tempted by some of each other's selections and just left out some of each other's selections but i believe uh we are both on the same page with the next selection jamie so i'm gonna let you uh uh let you let you run through the man but um i'm basically uh gonna be agreeing with everything you say on, on, on the next <laughs> yeah. pick. so far away yeah well it's a uh, wyndham clark he's just another one of those you know, massive hitting ball striking types, isn't it? He's he's ranked in the top six in driving distance. Um, in three of his four seasons on tour, he had a bit of a you know he had actually had a decent start to the year. He finished thirteenth at the Amex and played pretty well across the board, but form kind of tailed up tailed off after that. Uh, after that, but in his last four starts, he's he started making cuts again. He finished twenty second at Corrales, seventy first at Texas, which you know compared to missing the cut, I'll take that. 
uh, 35th at the Heritage, and then he was um, 10th last week when paired with Cameron Tringale in the Zurich. Uh, yeah, he's, he's one of those players, isn't he, that um, you look at his sort of um, pattern and he'll go AWOL for sort of, uh, uh, you know, five, six weeks and just play, you know, poorly and miss cuts and what have yeah. you. But then he seems to build up a, bit, a little bit like he is hopefully now. He seems to build up a little bit of a head of steam and um, uh, then produce, uh, uh, produce a big week on the back of it. And uh, I guess apart from his big hitting, and uh, uh, again, if we're going to sort of think that uh, this could be a bit of a birdie fest where it's a case of uh, bombing up there and then uh, hold, hold some putts. And um, uh, he's obviously one of the best putters on tour yeah. as well. That's his other, his other main strength. So, uh, and, and also, um, he does, um, surprisingly for someone who's a big hitter, uh, also have quite a lot of form on on sort of um, co coastal tracks, uh, but short, some of the shorter coastal tracks as well. Yeah. Uh, and um, he's um, uh, posted a top 10 in um, Puerto Rico on the Paspalum. Uh, he, he obviously um, had a big finish at Bermuda um, on the shorter coastal track there, but then also uh, he's performed well at the Honda. Uh, so, uh, um, yeah, he's, he's got two top 10s to his name, or sorry, a 7th and 11th at the Honda to his name. So, so he seems to be comfortable by the coast that was something i uh, I, I liked about him as well and um if you add that as i say to the upturn in form the fact that uh he, he's obviously um lack of accuracy off the tee uh from what we are hearing won't be much of a factor th this week so uh he, he um he, he tempted me uh enough to uh think uh, okay this could, could be his week because obviously he's threatened yeah. to win on a few occasions and um uh, did he lose that in a playoff at bermuda was it um a playoff he lost to brian gay wasn't it at bermuda am i right in thinking can you remember that uh, i don't quite remember whether it was a playoff or not yeah, he lost it. I know it was, I think it was the one Brian Gay won. I can't remember if it went yeah, to it a playoff or the one Brian Gay won. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but, um, yeah, anyway, he's, um, he's someone who's been knocking on the door for a while, and uh, it would be no surprise to see him go and uh, get the win. Um, and, um, uh, my last musical selection for the week is, um, uh, an ode to um, Wyndham Clark. Uh, it's um, Left for Denver uh, by the Lumineers, uh, who are um, having... Uh, uh, we've had some um, full-on heavy rock from ACDC. We've had some sort of... Uh, power punk pop from the fountains of wayne well we're going a bit uh, uh a bit folky acoustic-y with the lumineers who are a band that obviously i'm sure a lot of people will know uh and they're actually from um, colorado which is uh where wyndham clark's from uh and the song's called left for denver from their um uh 2019 uh uh album and um uh yeah so it's um uh a more laid-back tune, but a great tune, uh, and um, uh, I'm uh, hoping it's uh, uh, a good omen for Wyndham this week. So uh, it's Left for Denver by the Lumineers, uh, and don't forget you can listen to the playlist afterwards on Spotify. So I'll be posting that out um, uh, and linking it up to the pod. So um, so we're both with uh, Wyndham Clark. Uh, I'm going to um, mention my final pick now because he's a little bit shorter odds than uh, uh, your final pick. Uh, and um, my fifth and final uh, roll of the dice in this week's uh, Mexico Championship goes to Joseph Bramlett. And um, 
I mean, in an, old, in an event uh, of this type, I wanted to have someone in there who's, um, you know, juicy three-figure odds because it's sort of event that anything can happen, really. And, and I've noticed there's been a little bit of money for him today as well, actually. So maybe I'm not the only, know, someone else has put him up or um, someone else is uh, thinking along the same lines as me. But um, there was a few dots that um, connected uh, for me with Joseph Bramlett. Uh, um, first of all, he's another uh big off the tee uh hitter um he's uh in the top uh top 10 in um driving distance on tour so uh i'd expect him to um take advantage uh here with his, his length based on what we know uh he's um also someone who seems to save his best for these sort of uh, uh again the these sort of coastal tests um he's uh um, performed well on the Paspalum before uh, over in um, uh, Puerto Rico uh, and um, also solidly at the Corrales as well. Uh, he's um, uh, one of his best finishers. Uh, I'm just looking back to uh, refresh memory as to what year it was um, uh, when he produced a big finish. I'll come back to in a minute, but he produced uh, some solid stuff in Puerto Rico before. Uh, he also produced a top 20 at um, Torrey Park as well which I thought was quite interesting um because uh he's um uh obviously that's another coastal track where length off the tee can certainly be beneficial uh he's got a 13th at the Corrales that's what I was looking for uh, and he's got a top 10 as I say in Puerto Rico as well uh he finally got a win um last year albeit on the Corn Ferry Tour he won the Corn Ferry Tour Championship so that must have been a huge boost of confidence and he won on a 20 the 20 under total uh and uh, his best finish on tour uh last year was it the Byron Nelson, which, of course, was on another sort of new track that no one knew. Uh, and um, he posted seventh place there uh, with a minus 19 total. So, um, again, he seems to like the sort of low-scoring events. Uh, and um, if um, if it does become a bit of a second-shot uh, course this week, uh, his approach play is one of the strengths in his game. Uh, his, his putter, to be fair, is, is, is the weakness. So um, that's the one slight concern. But um, uh, he's... Um, uh certainly um solid on his approach plays ranking in the top 30 or in the old-fashioned greens in regulation so so there was just a few dots there that joined up for me with joseph bramlett and um i thought he was just worth chancing in an event that you know could see a shot winner and um he's obviously someone who had huge pedigree when he came on tour till he got derailed all the back injuries and what have you uh and it's gradually started to click obviously the win um uh, end of last uh, year on the corn ferry um will have given him a lot of confidence so although he's not really had a great season this season again so far it's a struggle again um his last start at the heritage um he produced in a 64 on sunday uh for his sort of joint best round of the season so far so um just some signs there he's playing some good stuff and um i just thought he was worth risking so uh is he a player who comes on your radar much at all jamie is he yeah he's a, a big hitter and a good iron player he was, he was yeah. um just the type i was looking at again this week is you can, like i say it's one of those events where i don't think you could you could really criticize anybody's three-figure selection could you you know unless yeah. there's someone right down there at 500 600 to one who's a no hope i think a lot of those round about the under to one 150 to one got a chance of at least you know nicking a place if John well, I might, I might mention something in there in a minute, actually. So funny you should say that about a 500 to one shots. But uh, uh, before, before we get there, I'll um, let you talk about your, your final pick. But uh, but yeah, Bramlett, it's just, um, 
you know it's one of those where you, he's he's going to come good eventually you would think because he's um a quality player and it all clicked from one week uh and uh this seemed uh, a, a good week to chance him but uh but yeah who, who's your final roll of the dice uh jamie yeah well after after i'd had a tantrum and uh crossed uh cameron champ off the list i decided i'd go back to someone who back, backed a lot on the corn ferry tour last year and i rate quite highly hayden buckley you know mm. he's, I think I backed him four or five straight events to finish the Corn Ferry Tour last year, and he it was, it was, it played well in every event, but never quite, never quite won. And when you know he qualified for the PGA Tour, he won his PGA Tour card. I actually said on Twitter, you know, he, he's a strong, you know, strong driving, good iron player, proper ball striking type. So I thought, if, if I'm looking at strong ball, ball strikers this week, why not a player like him? Um, yeah, it, overall, the Corn Ferry Tour last year he ranked third in ball strike. He's transferred that over to the PGA Tour this, uh, this year, where he's quite impressively, you know, when you think about the standard of player on the tour, he's the 10th, you know, 10th in ball striking. Um, his, his biggest asset is, is the driver, where he's, he's uh, 13th off the tee this year. Um, yeah. at, the start, at the start of the season, you know, the back end, um, uh, at the start of the season, uh, back end of last year, uh, he, he missed the cut in the, um, was it the 40 net? But then, yeah, it came, it you know, flew out the blocks in the uh, next couple of starts. So, Anderson's, isn't he? I was actually on it. I put yeah. him up. I can't remember. Yeah, I had him as well. Too, him, I, I, yeah, put, put him up at the Sanderson's. And, no. uh, uh, well, sounds like you did as well. So, yeah, he's um, uh, he, he's a, a good quality player, no doubt about it. Yeah. And, he was um, eighth at Shriners the week after as well. You know, he had some yeah. fantastic performances in a row. And he's got that yeah. Corrales form as well. You know, he's 13th at, even though he's a bit. He finished 12th in the Sony at the uh, first event of the year, which, you know, it's a, another coastal track win, you know, uh, win factor again. Mm. And his form's been a bit disappointing since then, but then 13th at the Curly's three starts ago, you know, kind of piqued my interest. And he, he's just a, you know, he's a fantastic amateur player. He had quite a short amateur career by a lot of people's standards. Mm. He rose to 34 in the amateur rankings and he's won at every level he's played at in the pro ranks. You know, he won in Canada in 2019. Then stepped up to the Corn Ferry Tour and won the uh, won the last year, and I'm almost, I'm certain he can win at this level. Yeah, I, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure he can as well. And uh, he's a player who's always going to be sort of on my radar to a certain extent. I, I must admit, I got my fingers burnt on him at the Honda, uh, where I was really sweet on him. I thought, um, you know, the tour coming to Florida, uh, where he's based, um, uh, you know, he'd won on the Corn Ferry over in a little bit on the other coast of Florida, the other side of Florida, but it's mm. you know, only an hour and a half away from, uh, or a couple of hours away from uh, um, uh, the, the, the Honda sort of neck of the woods. And, uh, uh, I thought he'd spring to life when the tour hit uh, hit Florida on a on a ball strikers track um, like uh, uh, PJ National, and uh, he had a shocker. Uh, so yeah. Um, yeah, that was really just disappointing, and I think that sort of put me off him slightly for a, for a few weeks. But I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll be coming back to him, and uh, yeah, at, uh, at the odds, like you say, you can't uh, can't really argue with any selections um, uh, down at those sort of prices, can you? Um, was there anyone else that? Um, Caught your eye down at the sort of three-figure prices, albeit you've not gone with them I mean, at all. Or I mean, funnily enough, I looked at the person he paired within the um, Zurich last week, Alex Smalley. He's another one who's yeah. got the form at you know Corrales and um, Puerto mm. Rico, I think, and big hitter again. You know, yeah, Luke's a, Luke's a talented player as well. But they both, I mean, they both played quite poorly last week. But you know, I think it's the, that's the kind of format which will suit some, and it probably won't suit mm. others. So I, I wouldn't look too much into form at the. 
form last week, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And there's quite a lot of money for Smalley today, actually, I've noticed. Um, he, he's mm. been back to, uh, into sort of 80s, 90s with quite a few firms. Um, a couple more sort of um, slightly stood out to me. Uh, uh, G-Max shown a little bit of form of late. And, of course, whenever you get by the coast and chuck him on the pass ballon, he's... Um, uh, and talk about a bit of wind. Uh, he's he's someone who should come into the conversation yeah, really. And uh, uh, I mean, he showed uh, was it last year? He he showed that um, he can compete on what is in theory a, a bomber's coastal track um, or a wind affected track. Where, when he um, uh, produced the goods in Saudi Arabia, didn't he? And uh, yeah. won, won there. So yeah, I won uh, him that week. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> so uh, and he showed a little bit of something. I mean, he was right up there. Um, was it at the Carras and then his back played up a bit or something and uh, he sort of uh, slumped down the leaderboard. But um, he uh, he's about 150s this week and, and he, he caught my eye slightly. And uh, funny you should mention the uh, 500 to 1 shots because uh, uh, dare I say you could probably be doing worse than having a look at Martin Trainer at 500 to 1. <laughs> but um, I have a bit, I mean, I haven't, I haven't ticked him obviously and I haven't backed him, but um, uh, so that really will be a high behind the sofa job if he um, if, if he's coming down the stretch looking like winning on Sunday. But uh, um, but um, he's obviously won um, uh, one on the pass ballon, uh, and um, he's he's produced a couple of bigger finishes um, this season, and he's starting to make a few more cuts, and he's still prone to an absolute shocker, of course. And uh, um, but you could do worse. I mean, would I rather back um, Martin Tramer at five hundred to one, or I don't know. DJ Trahan at five hundred to one, um, or Johnson Wagner at five hundred to one, or or um, uh, Ricky Barnes, although he likes a coastal track. But I mean, uh, Martin Trainer is is the sort of player at, around at those sort of odds that um, you know I could uh, uh, wouldn't you know be hugely surprised um, uh, if he cropped up at the higher end of the leaderboard. So I think he does get a bit dis disrespected, and um, he he's a proven winner, you know, on the Corn Ferry Tour, and obviously. Um, uh, albeit in an opposite field event at, at, uh, at this level. So, um, yeah. Um, but it was just a five for me. Uh, I couldn't bring myself to a six player in this uh, uh, this this type of um, um, uh, event, shall we say. Uh, no one else at all. Any more honourable mentions for any more players of your end, Jamie? Or you no, that pretty much cover it for I you? I think so. I don't think I really look much. Well, I, I, I always, I, it's never so much as a shortlist for me as a long list, but I crossed a lot of yeah. players out, so... These were yeah, the only yeah. ones, like I said, Bear Champ and, um, like I say, Alex Smalley. They, they were the only two players that were close to back in this week. Yeah. Uh, what have we got to look forward to? Uh, obviously, we're in Spain again on the uh, DP World Tour. What, what have we got to look forward to on the uh, uh, on the other tours this week? Um, what's your eye? What you got your eye on? Oh well, it's a quite a, a, a strong book of events this week. You've got just LPGA action, J Japanese action, which has been. Very good this year. Very good this year compared to last year. I didn't have a winner on the Japanese tour last year. Then banging the first two winners this year, ridiculous, ridiculous game. Like, but yeah, yeah. well, um, Corn Ferry tours back back this week as well, which I love. I love that as a tour for um, sure. You know, not had a chance to look at anything yet, though. No, no, no. no, no I, I, might have done it, I might have done it. Daniel Berger withdrawn and stressed me out uh, from this event today. I might have had, I might have had a look, but <laughs> the man was very next, next time I'm, I'm gonna let I'm gonna pin you down to a Japanese tool tip next time you're on. So, um, yeah, but, funnily um, enough, give me the first odds up on Skybet today, so I could have had a loop to be fair. 
Yeah, don't worry. Um, we we want enough on our hands with this Mexico event, didn't we? So, um, so um, yeah. So before we just summarise on uh, our picks and uh, um, a reminder of the musical selections for the week, um, we've got a couple of other things to wrap up. And uh, of course, first of all, we'll be back next week for the Wells Fargo, uh, which uh, takes a little bit of a trip away from um, uh, Quail Hollow next week. That's uh, preparing for the. Uh, um president's cup of course uh so uh that's um one to look forward to i'm very much looking forward to the fact that uh, i'd like to say uh uh ben coley will be back with us next week so uh really looking forward to having ben back on and uh uh to hear his thoughts on on the world's fargo next week um and of course to get ben's uh uh musical picks um uh i'm sure we'll be uh getting some more jens uh, jens leckman in there potentially so uh yeah looking forward to um having ben back on again next week that'll be fantastic uh and uh, um, of course, we've got the small matter of a free £5 bet to give away for this week. Uh, and um, I've had some excellent suggestions as normal. And I'm just uh, uh, going on to my phone to pull some of them up. So bear with me a second. Um, we had... Um, the inevitable tequila suggestions. Uh, Chris Lofthouse was in with uh, Terravision Tequila. Um, and um, we also had a suggestion for uh, Tequila by the Champs. Uh, apologies, I can't remember who picked that, but um, whoever it was, if Cam Champ wins this week, I guarantee that will be the winner of next week's free bet. So you'll, you'll get that carried over to next week because we can't not have Tequila uh, by the Champs next week if uh, Cam Champ wins. Um, we have had... Um, uh, what do we have? Going to Mexico was suggested by um, the Steve Miller Band by Tom McIntyre. Thank you very much, um, uh, Tom. Uh, we had what else have we got here? Um, McNulty came up with a tune that um, I'm going to struggle to even pronounce this one now, but um, bear with me a second. Uh, McNulty went with um, Let Me Go by the Chicks from their EP Criminales, Coches, Pistolas y Chicas. Um, no idea what that, uh, uh, that means, and I don't know the tune, but um, it's obviously got a Mexican uh, overtone to it. Um, so uh, thank you for that, McNulty. Um, A.R. Thompson was um, suggesting Let's Get Tattoos by Carter uh, in honour of um, Xander and Cantlay's uh, continuing bromance. Uh, um, so another great suggestion. Um, the Real Flanners, Adam, uh, came in with X Gonna Give It To You by DMX. Um, I don't know that one, I must confess, but um, uh, thank you, Adam. Uh, but I'm going to go with a suggestion. Um, again, we've got a little bit more uh, slightly country uh, country folk on the second one down that route this week. Um, I'm going to go with a song called Maybe Mexico by um, Jerry Jeff Walker, who's uh, uh, most well known for Mr. Bojangles. Uh, and um, it's uh, quite apt because uh, part of the lyrics in this tune are maybe New Orleans or maybe Mexico when he's talking about his uh, uh, road trip, I believe. So um, it seemed very apt for last week and this week. So uh, uh, that was picked by Matt Round. So well done, Matt. Um, you've won this week's free bet. I'll be uh, messaging you to uh, see who you want to have it on. So um, yeah, um, but thank you so much for all the picks and uh, uh, keep sending them in. You've got to be in it to win it, uh, as the phrase goes. So um, that's just about um, wrapping things up. Um, just remind us who, you, uh, who your bets are, Jamie. Mm -hmm. I've got Gary Woodland at 25 to 1, uh, Aaron Wise at 33 to 1, Matt Jones 50 to 1, Wyndham Clark 80 to 1, and Hayden Buckley at 175 to 1. 
Marvellous. Uh, and um, I'm with Patrick Reed at 28 to 1. I've got one and a half points each way on uh, Patrick for the eight places. Uh, Cam Champ at 45 to 1. Um, all eight places, basically. Um, uh, and all the rest of point each way. Uh, Carlos Ortiz at 55 to 1. Uh, I'm with uh, Jamie on Wyndham Clark at 80s. Um, Joe and Joseph Bramlett at 150 to 1. So uh, they're my five selections. Uh, and the songs. <laughs> on the playlist uh we're starting with california dreaming in honor of um uh, uh patrick cantlay and xander uh, and their win um then we've gone uh or jamie's gone with know your enemy by green day uh in honor of uh greg norman um being uh, uh back in uh, the spotlight again with his design uh, in use this week uh and then it's uh, a thousand trees by the stereophonics uh in honor of gary woodland um, we don't need nobody else by uh, Whipping Boy um, from their fabulous 1995 album Heartworm uh, for Pat Reed, uh, and then it's um, uh, a bit of Aussie rock, uh, Highway to Hell for Matt Jones by ACDC, um, Mexican Wine by the Fountains of Wayne, um, Left for Denver uh, by the Lumineers uh, for um, uh, Wyndham Clark. Uh, and the final musical pick on the playlist is the uh, listener selection, Maybe Mexico by Jerry Jeff Walker. So um, another fabulous playlist that I'll be sharing out on Spotify. So um, Jamie, been an absolute pleasure to have you on again. I know it's been a, a madcap day, um, well, for you and, and for me, trying to get ahead around this Mexico event. So uh, yeah, thanks uh, for having really me. Uh, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, remind everyone where they can find your stuff and uh, yeah. find you on social media, won't you? Yeah, Twitter. The Twitter handle is jworsley89. And you can find PJ Tour and DP World Tour previews at bettingodds.co.uk. Marvellous. Uh, when um, when should everyone look out for your, your DP World Tour preview? Uh, oh, will that be out in the morning? or um... Early afternoon, I would say tomorrow. Marvellous. So um, everyone keep an eye out for that. And uh, obviously keep an eye out for Jamie's picks on the other tours as well, which I know he posts out on Twitter. Uh, he's on a roll on the Japanese tour. So so will that be three wins on the bounce this week if you can uh, no, uh, get the winner I, I only managed to place there last week. So I had two wins and then a place last week. So uh, I need to get back on form this week and find a winner. Well, yeah. So <laughs> if, you, if, if a place is off form, then it can't be bad. So um, uh, uh, cracking stuff. So um, make sure you uh, check out Jamie's picks um, on, on the other tours so um jamie as i say been a pleasure um thanks so much for coming on uh thanks everyone for listening um and so we back next week with ben coley uh but uh, in the meantime good luck with your picks for uh, the venture into the unknown in mexico uh and don't forget to turn the music up loud and we'll see you all again next week thank you very much and good night <laughs>